Hello and welcome to the Dungeon Masters Guildhouse. Uh, this is a weekly podcast where I, your host, Matthew Whitby, sit down with people all across the tabletop RPG and DMs Guild space and just chat about stuff, really. Um, and this week, I'm 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 privileged to be joined by the adventure adventure writing extraordinaire, Sven Truckenbrot. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's yeah. a pleasure to be here. Yeah, now how, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm very good, thank you. And how are you doing? Yeah, no, doing all right. I must admit, I, 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 to peel behind the curtain, obviously we, we, we chatted a little bit before recording. So then I did ask you how you were then, but now it's like I'm asking you again for the camera. Yeah, I want to, you know, it's, it's, it's a weird one. Um, no, it's but no, so, yeah. So I kind of, I kind of sort of foreshadowed it a little bit um, with mm-hmm. saying adventure writer extraordinaire. But in case people weren't weren't well aware, what kind of what sort of things are you known for on the DMs Guild? Yeah, I mean, I don't know about the extraordinaire <laughs> part, but um, definitely, I would say people would know me for my adventures. I mean, uh, my first thing that I ever put out on DMs Guild was a one shot. And then I just kept going and doing more and more one shots. Um, recently, I've been branching out a little bit in collaborations, doing like NPCs and monsters and spells and magic items mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I still think that my core competency is adventures. And, and so you kind of mentioned your, your first one was, a, was, was your very first sort of step into the guilt? Was that the, the Lamenting Lighthouse? Was that your first sort of? Um, that was the first one that um, anybody cared about, I think. <laughs> so, so what was your <laughs> but, first publication then? Yeah, my first publication um, it was also a one-shot. It's called um, Wolpertinger Wear It Well. Yes. Um, it's um, basically just a very low-level introductory adventure for um, new players, new DMs. That was kind of the idea behind it. And I published that in January 2019. Yeah. And then The Lamenting Lighthouse um, that came out in July 2019. And that was the first one that people really seemed to like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, was it obviously scrolling across like um, your catalogs? I mean, like even even the, is it Wolpertinger? Or the Wear Yeah, Wolpertinger. Yeah. It's a creature from Bavarian folklore. Yeah. Really? I was going to say, like, it, I, I, this, I, I don't know why, but I've seen images online of like a horned rabbit. It. And I, yeah, I can never tell like if they're that. real or not, or if it is just. Yeah, no, they are fake. It's <laughs> um, a little bit like the jackalope from the US. Yeah. Um, it's like the same principle. It's just a mishmash of all kinds of different creatures. <laughs> but but uh, what I was going back to my point, what I was going to say is, is the fact that like at the moment, that it's still sitting at like a gold bestseller, which yep. Which I, I was say, I, I think I, it, it feels weird because adventures are a weird one on the Demons Guild. They 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 feel like they they. Well, I, I don't know if this is me just like venting my own my, my own personal <laughs> experiences. Um, they, it, it's 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 rare that you see like an adventure in like the, the top ten sort of best-selling products mm. on the DMs Guild, um, unless it is a sort of like one shot with a sort of particular theme. But I don't know. Yeah, you you have been like again. It, it's I, I think again. I, I stand by what I said about the sort of extraordinaire with the fact that <laughs> being able to sort of consistently you know, pump out sort of high quality adventures. Um, I guess like in your own words then, like what, is, is, what do you think it is about your adventures? If you had to put it um, to us? A... Well, I think, 
I mean, I personally, I don't really know. <laughs> people just seem to like them. And yeah. I can maybe tell you what people consistently tell me they like about them. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's probably the most effective way. Um, so I tend to um, like present different kinds of solutions. I don't just present the scenario, but I give the DM like a little bit of guidance. Mm -hmm. How could this scenario be solved? Um, a lot of players default, or a lot of DMs also default to combat for um, solving situations. And I like to kind of try to present a social solution, an exploration-based solution, and of course also a combat-based solution to certain stuff. And um, I basically put in the tools or I try to put in the tools into the adventure to um, make it conceivable that the M's and players will go for the non-combat solution. And people tell me that they like that a lot. So I guess that might be one of the things. And I also like to give a lot of details for NPCs um, with a lot of backstory. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'm overwriting sometimes <laughs> a little bit. My adventures tend to be very long compared yeah. to others. But yeah, I think these might be the things. I mean, if it, like, I think it is especially easy to write about NPCs because um, I suppose if you look at like the spectrum of what it is, is like you can say, oh, there's I don't know, um, I was about to say Hamlet as a dwarf name. Well, we'll stick with it. Ham Hamlet the dwarf, and then you sort of in brackets you give their stats, and that's pretty much yes. the, the alignment and stats, and that's kind of the extent of their character development. Um, yep. But with sort of core NPCs, I I don't know. I, 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 for me personally, I quite like these sort of like um, personality traits, flaws, mm. um, you know, uh, ideals, and what's, what's the fourth one? What am I missing? Um, bonds, I think. Bonds, yeah, there you go. Um, I, I, I quite like giving my characters those because it I allows you to sort of mm. like write in their voice for a little bit. Um, yeah. Exactly. Well, what, like, I was going to say, like, is, is there anything you do in particular when you sort of build up the character, or is it mostly sort of through their backstory? And, Hmm. Um, I think quite often I actually start with um, the characters. Um, sometimes I just try to write a character that just fits this particular situation, mm -hmm. but sometimes um, I try most of the time um, to write the NPCs first, and then basically that this their personalities determine where the adventure is going because. These are the um, players that um, the players at the table will interact with. And um, yeah, I, I'd like to start from, from that point. And I guess this is, this is a bit of a, but like, what's the threshold for like, like how important does a character have to be to get a backstory? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, cause again, going back to the idea of like Hamlet the dwarf, is like it, it, if they're just like I don't know, like in uh, a shopkeep in a sort of like open world village. You, yeah, it's 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 it's. I, I I happily I'll write like a paragraph or like three about this, you know, his torrid history. Mm. But it's yeah, this. I mean, it's a very good question, um, and maybe I'm not the most competent <laughs> to answer this because, again, as I say, I tend to overwrite. Um, I tend to write a lot um, and give a lot of details. But for me, um, um, to at least give like a quote that encapsulates the personality of the character and like one sentence about personality traits, bonds, flaws, and maybe a short paragraph about backstory. Um, this is for me justified already by the characters interacting with the NPC in any way. If mm -hmm. they exchange one sentence, that's enough for me to give this little blurb, please. 
Um, and if it's like a super central character, then the backstory gets a little bit longer for me. But yeah, I tend to already give at least the basis of a character, of an NPC, for everyone that the players are likely to interact with. So my threshold is super low. <laughs> and and I, I guess I guess it's like this is like a going to almost like a layout question. But I, I sometimes struggle with like where to put the character information. Yes. Sometimes sometimes like if it's like for example, I think what was it I did with um Bola's Guide to Getting Murdered, I kind of front loaded that information where I sort of gave mm. up, you know, all the different like villains, their backstory up front. Um and I'm experimenting with like some other ones where I put it in sort of like an appendix where you sort of have, you know, all that sort of um I'm curious about like, you know, mm -hmm. what, what's your personal like, take on like, when, when do you slip in like the sort of, the, the character yeah. blurb? It's a, it's a very good question because um, especially for one shot, ideally you want everything that you need to run um, a scene with on the same page. Mm -hmm. um, you don't want people to have to flip back and forth and stuff like that. Um, so in the beginning I was also putting um, my NPC information mainly into the appendix. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't think that was a smart idea. I um, copied this more or less from Adventurous League. Yep. Um, but I think it's better to have like this little blurb on the um, NPC in line with the text um, of the first scene they appear in or the scene they will be most important in. Um, and I really liked how this was done um, in Descent into Avernus, for example. Yep. Um, they have put this all in line and towards um, the first publication where I really saw that consistently being done mm. this way. And I've kind of copied that by now. Yeah. I tend to put everything um, in line as much as I can. And um, for the most central characters, um, like um, I have an adventure that's called Old Olga and Young Yvonne mm -hmm. that essentially revolves around Olga and Yvonne. And for those two, I give a more detailed backstory in the introduction of the adventure as well, because it informs the whole adventure. Mm -hmm. But um, anything else I tend to put in line these days. Yeah, no, I think I, I, think I, I do. I, yeah, it feels like we were both inspired by uh, Descent into Avernus in the same way. That before I was, I, I, I'm, now, I'm now as much as possible, I'm putting things in line. Like, you know, when it comes to like stat locks and like, you know, um, uh, things like, just yeah, try, try and keep everything crammed in that in that you know that, that yeah. page should be sort of easily accessible um which especially yeah especially I'm, when it comes to sort of like one shot writing and, and, and adventures um i'm really nowadays a big fan of that and the more that i'm getting into layout in the beginning i was like just doing the most basic stuff imaginable but the more i'm getting into layout and figuring out how to arrange stuff um, mm -hmm. that it's on the same page for the same scene the more i think this is the way that it should be done at least for me it's like the most helpful yeah when i dm myself so i guess so going going, going from like um like yeah it, 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 i like i like having a little layout chat there um but <laughs> talking about like your um like your creative process then like with each sort of adventure and one shot idea like mm -hmm. w w where are your ideas coming from like how do you i, I just start where do they yeah um it's a diverse set of um, sources, I would say. Sometimes it's just a piece of art, like um, my, I think, most um, selling adventure, um, The Lamenting Lighthouse. Um, that's basically just me a couple of years ago seeing this piece of art of this broken down lighthouse, um, which is on the cover of the adventure. 
And um, I just saw that scene and was like, wow, <laughs> this is a great setting. And let's just try to write an adventure based on the setting. So this adventure really started and ended with just having this piece of art that really inspired me. Um, but otherwise, quite often, um, just weird stories that I read. I a lot into these unexplained mystery stories um, where you have which you have on the internet and where you can listen to millions of podcasts about them. And yeah, sometimes I just think, oh, cool. I have no idea what actually in reality went on there, but I could imagine what would have been going on there in a game of D&D. &D. Yeah. And then I try to write a story out of that. And then uh, I take it as well, do, do you generally as your best try and keep it rather sort of setting agnostic? Do you sort of? Uh, mostly, yes. Mostly. Um, Mostly, yes. Um, I tend, I mean, sometimes I put something into a setting, like in quotation marks, mm -hmm. I give tie-ins. This would fit particularly well into a Ravenloft campaign or yeah. whatever. Um, but I try to basically treat this as an option mm -hmm. more than like integrating it very tightly into the setting just okay. so that more people can use it I think that, yeah i suppose like when it, when you're kind of approaching the design of one shot you kind of have those two particular branches you go to the point where it's just like okay this can be placed in any campaign that you just sort of like plop, plop it here um or you have the idea of like oh no this is literally like you like if you're running i don't know descent to avernus this is the mm. perfect like prologue or you know starting adventure yeah um no it's interesting um and I, I, yeah, I, I do. I, I, you know how they, they, they do say like sometimes art is art can be incredibly sort of inspiring. Um, and I guess like okay, so from seeing the art, how did how did you go about like getting it for your cover? Oh yeah, <laughs> um, that was at the time I thought a super long shot. Um, I found um, the artist at the time that I first saw this piece of art. I didn't even know who made it. Um, I just saw it on Pinterest somewhere. Yeah. whatever. No idea who actually made it. And then I found out the artist and I wrote her and I was like, okay, I have this adventure. Um, what would it cost me um, for you to allow me to use it? And um, she was like, oh, well, I, I love D&D &D myself and I'm super into it. And the adventure sounds great, what you were telling me about. It's an old piece of stock art. Um, it's like five, six years old. Um, just... I don't know, give me $30 and it's fine. And I'm yeah. like, okay, <laughs> that's awesome. <Yeah. laughs> Thank you so much. Um, so that was much more simple than I expected. I mean, I thought that this would be way out mm -hmm. of budget for me. And that was also the first time that I paid for um, a piece of art um, in any of my products mm -hmm. so this was the first time that i actually started using art so this was extremely lucky and i'm still super super thankful for uh, to her for that no i, I in fact like it, obviously there's there's a, a large selection of sort of like stock art out there but things like mm -hmm. um like uh i'm trying I'm, I'm blanking for like some of the uh sort of um art websites like um like art station there you go that's the one i was thinking of um where obviously people just kind of like put that art out there um, and chances are, if the art's already done, uh, it mm. can't hurt to send an email to be like, "Hey, I would love to, I would love to license this." You know, you know, yep. it's yep. If, if if possible. Um, and then, yeah, in your case, I mean, chances are, the, like, if it's like fantasy art, they they're gonna be like a, a like a tabletop RPG fan a, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so they, could could well be yes. Yeah. So yeah, you, be, 
that was really um, the perfect, yeah, the yeah. perfect response. I could not have been happier then. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I think I was very lucky in this case. No, and, and then you kind of mentioned, so moving away from um, like adventuring a little bit then, you kind of mentioned that you're sort of like branching out into um, sort of collaborations. What, what mm -hmm. sort of stuff have you got involved in? Oh, um, lots of different stuff. Um, one of the most recent things that I'm also super excited about and proud of still um, was um, Shard Wars. Yeah. Um, that was a project um, basically that thought to bring some uh, Star Wars influences um, to Eberron, um, headed by um, Drew Dawes. Mm -hmm. And that was just amazing. I mean, all the people who worked on that, um, the team was incredible and um, the idea was fantastic yeah. and just opened up so many possibilities and so many directions to go in. Um, like that was a really enjoyable one. Um, one and of course I wrote an adventure for that. So not really a good example of doing <laughs> something different, but a, it's, you know, a collaboration. For collaboration. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, um, and um, like the first one, the first collaboration that I ever did was um, writing some um, Ravenloft sidekicks um, for um, Oliver Clegg's Mist Kickers. Mm -hmm. um, that was also super cool. Um, that was like the first time me dipping my toes into collaborations and I learned a lot um, during, during that one. Um, and yeah, I think all of those that I've done were really cool. Um, for for different reasons mm -hmm. i i really for the last year i got massively into collaborations i mean i think i i've kind of said collaborations are a little bit moorish in the sense that like they're very yeah. they're very easy to they're, they're easy again they're, they're kind of easier to get involved in than starting your own project um yes. and the the life cycle is typically shorter you have the thing that you do and then you sort of like finish it and then you sort of send it off and then you're like i'm done i'm just you know, I, I get to sit pretty and wait for the yeah. release um, That's like the main thing for me, actually. When I do my solo projects, I have to worry about getting art. I have to worry about finding an editor. I have to worry about um, finding a sensitivity reader if that's necessary, doing the layout, doing the marketing. And with a collaboration, most of the time, it's just I'm here as a writer. Yeah. <laughs> I hand in my thing. I talk to the others, um, all nice. But I don't have to worry about all the um, backdrop. Yeah. All you have to do is like, you know, once it's released, retweet it, you know, just let people, that's, that's you, 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 you fill in, you write your section and then you yeah. retweet the yeah, announcement exactly. tweet. I mean, sure. I mean, you, you help with the advertising and all that, mm -hmm. but uh, you don't have to worry about mm -hmm. how to market it as much as um, you would for a solo project. At least that's what I feel. I mean, I tweet about it on my own and I retweet whatever everybody else is tweeting, but I don't have to like build up this whole campaign almost yeah. like you do for solo projects yeah no it's yeah the the, the, the marketing is, is a whole beast in itself and yeah yep. i feel like it's 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 i think was it the, the the message that i'm trying to like hammer into myself is the fact that you 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 can always do more like if you're doing two tweets a day chances are it's it's not it's not bombarding people in your timeline people probably didn't didn't see the first one you, you know yeah. it's just yeah. That's that's very true, but I still worry that I'm bombarding people. Yeah. I'm I'm always trying. Uh, should I tweet about this again? Yeah. It was like a week ago, but yeah, <laughs> it's it's weird for me to 
advertise myself. I, I, I think I was. Uh, I think I was. I was. I was speaking on one of these other podcasts the other day where I talked about like I'm. I'm. I'm typically quite good when it comes to, like the build up to a release, like the week before when you're like you're finally there, you're hyping it up. Um, but once the product is out the door, I, I I'm quite bad at sort of like <laughs> to, like the moment it is published and out there. I, mm-hmm. it, sometimes it is like you're dead to me. I've, <laughs> I've already started the next project. Like you, you are, yeah, you're yeah. out, you're out, and you're, you're on your own. If you survive, that's you know. Um, exactly. I should be more. You're now in the wilderness. <laughs> I I did what I could for you. <laughs> no go. Yeah, I think I'm working out. I'll be a poor parent. I think this is what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to be a good dad. Um, but that's you know that's why I'm 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 being a good parent by just having more kids. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the way to look at it. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to uh, ask a smoothly segue on to think about your sure. creative process as a whole. Um, when it, I, I, I guess okay, I'm going to make this like a like because I'm curious. I kind of want to know um, when it comes to adventure writing, um, what is your favorite part of the process? Ah, uh, yes, hmm. <clears throat> it's. Like a bit of a weird answer, I guess. <laughs> but um, the best part is when I start really sitting down and doing the actual writing. Mm-hmm. Um, like I do very little pre-planning. I have an idea, a concept that I want to explore. And I know some people make like a very detailed um, outline of what needs to be here, what needs to be there. And then they just <laughs> fill out the skeleton. And I don't know for me that just doesn't work um i have an idea i sit down i start writing that's probably why some of my stuff stuff is so rambling and so long (laughs) because i don't sit down and write this outline i just go and start and see where it takes me and um this diving into it that's the best so because it, then it, I really start to at, at the very least, like, so you obviously have like loose ideas of where you want to go, but it is very much like you discover how it's going to turn out as you write sort of thing. Basically. Um, at first, I basically look at where it takes me. And um, then afterwards, once I see where it's going to flow, I put some road stops here and there. I mean, I just don't let it ramble on and go anywhere and everywhere because ultimately the adventure needs to come to some sort of a conclusion <laughs> and sometimes your characters seem to be just wanting to go on and on and on and yeah. um, at some point you have to say no this is enough and then focus it onto something so yeah. I at first i let things flow and then once i see okay this is where it's going now we hem it in a little bit mm-hmm. now we try to make an actual adventure out of it. So I'm curious then, so once you sort of realize the, where it's going, do you ever sort of revisit the earlier parts to sort of plant the sort of the seeds in the... Yes, yes, yes. Um, yes, um, there's a lot of revisiting going on um, because sometimes um, things go into a direction that I was not anticipating at the beginning. And then I have to fix the beginning because now it doesn't make sense anymore. It's not really tying into the um, main narrative as well as I thought it would when I originally wrote it. Um, So yeah, there's a lot of jumping back and forth and um, I very rarely write out something in a linear fashion. I jump from A to B and X to Z and 
Interesting. Just, so so it's, it's a case of like, even as you're sort of writing, you kind of gravitate towards the sort of, I take it like the key points of the story or sort of the points where the tension's high. And then you sort of kind of merge the two. Yeah, I guess so. Um, sometimes it's not really from the key points. Sometimes I just write something that's actually a super minor point that I'm just <laughs> super excited about at the moment. And then, yeah, it's just, my process is very random. <laughs> And I think it's the main summary. <laughs> no, no, I, I, again, I, you know, it, 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 it's interesting because, again, when it comes to, like, you know, any sort of creative writing, there, there really is no right way. It's like, you know, at the end of the day, it's like the, mm. as, long as, it, as long as it gets made, um, the, the sort of the journey you took to get there. It, yep. Yeah. Okay, well, then, I guess, I guess to, to turn the question yes. on... I guess everybody just test of... Oh, sorry. Sorry, I think there's the, the slight delay cutting in there. Uh, sorry, please, what were you saying? I was just saying, um, I think everybody kind of figures out their own style and their own system. And yeah, sometimes that system is quite different from what um, like workshops would teach you mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. No, yeah, I'd like that. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's, it's clearly working. So <laughs> I guess to, um, as, as, as I was saying, so to turn the, the question on its head then, is there any like parts of the project that is your, like, your least favorite then? Hmm. Um, well, <laughs> I guess this is again going to be a weird answer because I just told you that I super love the writing process itself. Um, but at the same time, the writing process itself is incredibly painful um, to me at least. So quite often I just put off starting a project as yeah, I procrastinate and I put it off. I know I'm super excited about it. I want to have it done, but I'm just, I can't. Yeah. I don't want to start you yet. And um, sometimes it gets better once I start it. Sometimes it gets worse. Yeah. Um, because just translating the things that are going on in my mind into something that ultimately Admittedly, another DM um, has to use. Um, it's a painful process for me because I, yeah, I have trouble sometimes to just bring what I have in my head onto the damn paper. <laughs> yeah, and I so I guess to sort of like uh, Bill, is is there anything that you do in particular to kind of help you get in the mood for writing, like? Mm. Um, well, I mean, sometimes, or quite often, actually, music helps a lot, um, like something that's not super distracting, obviously, because I still need to formulate sentences. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that really helps me at least. Or sometimes just like white noise, like just um, an app that gives you rain sounds or something. Um, I think I've conditioned myself by now to know this is writing time now. <laughs> No, I was gonna say I, I'm kind of a similar. Like I've recently discovered that sometimes I struggle to focus with lyrical music, um, yeah. and I'm starting, like that's what's great about was it game soundtracks or mm, yes. the like, the classic um, lo-fi uh, was it hip hop yes. beats? Just, yes, it's just yes. like you just just sort of play it and have it in have it in the background. Um, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I what I'm also going for. Yeah, <laughs> and no, I I'm a hundred percent. I kind of agree with what you say that sometimes like starting a new project can either be really helpful or I think it kind of depends. It's like sometimes if I'm really eager to start, 
Um, and in the way that I write, it's just sort of filling out sections. Sometimes it's really easy, easy for me to dip in. Um, yeah. Other times, because, I, because of the way that I write, because I do sort of the skeleton, sometimes I go in and I'm sort of like overwhelmed by how much of the skeleton I've still got to flesh out. Um, yeah. So it's a case of like, oh, it's, you know, um, and I imagine that sometimes it's more freeing to sort of like write in a way that like, you just you just know you just know when it's done or like you know you write to the point where you just feel like you kind of summarized it well enough um yeah i guess so i mean for me i don't really know how to write any other way so yeah. i can't really compare it very well but yeah no and I, i'm guessing i'm curious as well so like when um when it comes to like editing passes is mm. there any sort of like things that your editors or like that they, they not often kind of pick up on um phew, what they often pick up on i mean it depends a lot on the on the actual content um like um sometimes i just especially in my longer adventures um i just overlook something that doesn't make any sense anymore i just wrote some interaction in there and um down the road i actually changed some um, traits of an npc or whatever and my editor is like well, why would this NPC behave like this in this situation? And I'm like, yeah, you know, uh, I guess they wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. It, you know, it, 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 um, that's like um, probably the disadvantage of jumping back and forth all the time. So consistency <laughs> is a big... I suppose yeah, it, it's sort of like a, a phantom behavior. It's like, this is, no, this is how they acted in a different reality where they were this yes. evil person. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. No, it, yeah, it's interesting. And yeah, no, I, I like, I, 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 I'm trying to think, like, I, 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 I love working with editors. Like, I, 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 it's, 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 it's always a fascinating process. And working with different editors is, is always really interesting. Like learning, like, individual editor, like, quirks. <laughs> yes. Um, no, editors are fantastic. I mean, at the beginning, I was completely underestimating how much an editor can do for you. Mm -hmm. And at the beginning, I was working completely without editors and it was working out fine. But um, I would say any product is always improved by an editor. There's, I cannot imagine a case where an editor would not make the product better. It's 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 a real pleasure i i have loved the interaction with each of my editors so far <laughs> and and i suppose like in in like in the way that we share like we like by my own admission sometimes sometimes i can be a little verbose and a little rambly mm. sometimes sometimes you, sometimes it's nice to have someone to just reel you in on occasion <laughs> yeah definitely i mean i think i've gotten more concise now yeah. um also yeah i don't want to torture my editors in the beginning <laughs> i was writing and i knew um well i have to proofread this at some point maybe mm -hmm. myself um that's fine i can do to myself whatever i like but nowadays i'm really thinking oh am i really going to put an editor to through through two more pages of description of this particular thing or is there a way that i can abbreviate yeah <laughs> No, I, and yeah, I, that's, that's, I must admit, so when it comes to adventure in particular, the, the level of detail you need for like an encounter is, mm -hmm. it's a tough one to balance. Like, uh, particularly when you're dealing with like, not just generic monsters or you're dealing with like, you know, a, sort of like a pivotal plot point. Um, just because it, it, it's, it's hard to balance the fight. Okay, well, how many checks should I provide? 
Um, you know, how, 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 how much should I try and preempt of like what the players might do, what the NPCs might do? Hmm. Um, is it, is it, is it like, I, I guess like, so w w when you're trying to provide like, okay, we'll take, take like an counter example. Mm -hmm. And you kind of mentioned before how you try to, where possible, provide like a um, a non-violent uh, solution, a um, a combat solution, and I guess well, maybe maybe like an explore like, to hit the three pillars essentially. Yes. Um, how, how how do you like how do you how do you navigate that space in like for an encounter? Mm. Um... Well, quite often I just think um, if I was a player in this situation, what would I be doing? Um, or what would my character X be doing? Um, like I try to think about some of the characters that I play or um, have played, how would they react in the situation? And since I play very different characters, um, there will be a lot of very different reactions. And going even further, I think about how would my... Um, various D&D groups that I DM react mm -hmm. uh, because I DM much more than I play myself. Okay. <laughs> it's the curse that a lot of DMs suffer from, I think. Um, so I think, okay, how would my group react to this situation? Um, what would they do or attempt to do here? Mm -hmm. And um, that helps a lot in navigating a scene. Um, and then, of course, at some point, I do the playtesting and I throw this in front of my um, playtesting groups. And um, usually they surprise me with stuff which I have never considered before. And quite often that makes it into the adventure in the end. Um, like a lot of the alternative solutions that I give um, derive actually from the playtest. So um, my players are sometimes, or not sometimes, typically, much more creative than I am. <laughs> and I imagine for the most part, so this is like um, playtesting with you as a DM running the adventures. Yes. Yeah. Um, so far, I've always been like the sole DM on my playtests. Yeah. I, I hope that I might at some point get the reach of like giving this to somebody mm -hmm. else and asking them, can you DM this for me? But um, so far, I have not done that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting, like, yeah, it is, it is like, like so, I've I've so for one of my adventures was it the um, the Starlight Telescope. I managed to get um, like uh, a group to someone else to sort of come in and sort of play test it. Um, and it's an interesting experience. Like mm -hmm. it's obviously it's, it's when you're running your own adventure, you you kind of always have the ideal like concept, like ideal image of how it can sort of look in your mind. Um, and then the players come along and mm -hmm. they they break it in the nicest ways. Um, they break everything. Yeah, but the the when it comes to and and then as a DM, you obviously you're making the sort of on the fly changes and you're sort of like you know trying to work out the flow. Mm -hmm. um, it it felt very weird to sort of give you, remove that control from you uh, to be like, okay, here's another <laughs> DM. Like just whatever, whatever happens happens, you know, just just yeah. go with the wind as it were. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, no, I, I think again, I, I I think with my next adventures, I, I would love to try and do it again. Um, yeah, I, uh, I can imagine that it's like a super weird experience, like you just described it. Um, yeah. You hand somebody something <laughs> like your baby, and they now do with it whatever, and you yeah. have no idea. And, and it's the case of like uh, when you're, but what I like about um, when you're DMing it yourself is you can already see the um, just through the nature of playing. You you know the intentions, and you can already know in where the players come back when those intentions aren't being met or seen. You know, if you, you try, again, to bring Hamlet the Dwarf back, if he's meant to be a lovable, <laughs> a lovable character, 
and your, the characters there are just like, we don't trust this person. What's he, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, well, yeah. maybe I need to sort of, uh, you know, do something to try and you know, make him a little bit more lovable. Or, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, this happens to me also quite often. I, I think I make clear what an NPC's agenda or outlook in general is. And then it turns out it just doesn't come across at all. And I have to change the way in which I present them or um, in which I articulate um, their personality, which I know what it is, but mm -hmm. the process of translating this to the player is sometimes, um, yeah, a whole challenge in itself. Sometimes, sometimes I find with that in particular, it, it's easier to lean towards extremes. And yeah. so that is, is the case of like, again, you know, if, if you want a, a, like a trustable character, um, just, just, just make them like unbelievably polite <laughs> and, and yeah. you know, just, just very sort of like, you know, like so forthcoming to the point where like, you know, insight checks are like automatic successes. And they're just like, they're just like, this, this person's so harmless. They're so, they're, <laughs> yes. they're, they're so harmless. Like you, you look into their eyes, their puppy eyes. And there's not a bad bone in their body. Yeah. Um, no, but subtlety, you're right, is sometimes really um, a difficult, mm -hmm. difficult thing to achieve in a game of Dungeons and Dragons. I, I had um, a very extreme example recently. Um, I was playtesting um, an adventure. Mm -hmm. um, it's not published yet. It's um, still in development. And um, I wrote into that adventure a character um, who was like, um, a potential ally. Um, mm. She was not opposed to the um, agenda of the players at all. Um, she was just a little bit standoffish um, because she had her own agenda. But um, if you figured that out at some point, you could recruit her to your cause. And the players just did not trust her at all. Um, like not in the slightest. <laughs> and they became more distrustful of her than of the actual villain of the piece. <laughs> and they just went after her basically instead of the villain. And um, what do I do with that? Do I change her character? Um, do I change the presentation of her character to um, make her more likable, more, um, I don't know, more approachable? Um, and quite often I do that. In this case, I ended up making her the villain. She uh, is now the villain of everything. <laughs> Um, because obviously that worked much better than the actual villain. The actual villain was to them not interesting, apparently. Mm -hmm. So um, now she's the villain of the piece. <laughs> I, I, no, in, in fact, it's one of the cases where, yeah, playtesting can take you in, in weird, weird directions. It's, it's kind exactly. of... Exactly. Yeah, it's fantastic. No, and yeah, no, 100%. I, I think as well, when it comes to like, things like that, is, is, is the one thing that I sometimes like. So I think what it, I had, I had um, Bob. Um, or, you know, Bob of uh, uh, R.P. Davis, sorry, of um, come, come and edit one of my ventures. And I had like, um, I was putting in like some sort of, um, it was, was it sort of the Starlight Telescope. And basically there's a point where like, there's like a, a, a secret plot going on um, where like, oh, this in, in uh, the workshop of a friend, um, there are parts for um, Iron Cobras and Nimble Rikes, so sort of like mm -hmm. um, Automatron things um, that, the players then fight, like they fight different versions using the same parts. Mm -hmm. So in, initially in the kind of verse version, what I kind of had it as was that, oh, down here you can do a particular check and then you've discovered that they're from the same parts. But Bob, uh, like, uh, I'm just going to keep calling him Bob. <laughs> Bob. Bob was like, um, what you should do is like, again, if it's a secret and stuff like that, just 
they don't have to be secrets. You know, you just you make, make them like make them like a little bit more overt. And if mm-hmm. people find them, they find them. That, that, you know, there's no point making a secret that no one finds. Yes, <laughs> very, very good point. <laughs> which, very which, good which point. is like, it's like, again, it's like, <laughs> it, it kind of yep. like in, in as a designer you're just like well no it's a secret like logically characters would try to do the rest of it like keep this stuff you know a secret but then what's the point of it being there if the players can't you know interact with it or make it interesting yeah. in some way and quite often i think dms enjoy secrets because it's your little little secret and mm-hmm. at some point you can reveal it to your players and yeah. oh they will be so amazed <laughs> by it but most of the time if you like package it in too many layers players will not find it mm-hmm. and players will usually not be excited by how complicated it was to discover this secret they will be excited by having made the discovery mm-hmm. so um, quite often there's no need to hide it too much um, you can put stuff relatively close under the surface yeah. um, the players players will appreciate finding the secret and being excited about the secret itself and quite often not so much about the process of getting there. I mean, I guess some players um, would be excited about that, but at least in my experience, people are more excited about succeeding at stuff than about going round and round and round. So, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I I like this. Yeah, the the sort of like, you know, the adventure deep dive back and forth of like (laughs) picking it apart. Um, and no, I, I'd like to, I must admit, so in my writing, I must admit, I've, I've never really thought about using the characters I play and thinking about how they would, um, but that's mostly because I do play somewhat chaotic characters, <laughs> just, just like, I'm, 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 I play a lot of halflings, I play a fair few gnomes, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I just naturally gravitate towards trouble. Um, <laughs> it's not a bad thing. No, no, not a bad thing. It's just I, you know, I, it's a weird, weird thing of like I'm. I know I might not be the best play tester for my own adventures. <laughs> just, um, which you know, I, yeah, it's, it just happens. Um, I don't know the the player characters who break something or who tend mm-hmm. to break something in quotation marks. Um, maybe are the best play testers yeah. because they really, really go at it. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, if they don't break it, it's solid. <laughs> yeah. I think. I think again, you also have to accept the fact that, like any adventuring party, just just by the nature of them being adventurers, they're weird. Like, For and, sure. and, yeah, and and you know, the, the, I think like trying to um, treat everything at like face level of like you know how humans or like you know how like a like a, I have like a dinner party example. Like mm-hmm. the adventurers walking into a dinner party is would get the attention of everyone. Yes. Like it, it just you know it's just just the nature of how they are and and that allows them to like automatically make them the center of attention or the 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 sort of uh action naturally gravitate towards them yeah. um and that's how it should be yeah that's how it should be they're, you know it's they're, their they're, adventure they're the adventure they're the heroes yeah exactly <laughs> nice um no i so i i guess to sort of like put like a ribbon on this sort of like adventuring <laughs> chat sort of thing um, are there any like particular lessons about adventure writing that you kind of wish you'd learned earlier? Hmm. What would I have wished to learn earlier? I mean, it can, it can also be outside of adventure writing. I'm just, I just, again, uh-huh. I, I, I like writing yeah, adventures, yeah. and I'm, I just no, want to pick a, your brain. It's a, it's a really good question. Um, I guess this thing that we were just talking about, um, about like how um, involved a plot can be or should be. 
-hmm. I think in the beginning um, of my DMing life, <laughs> uh, which didn't start so long ago, um, Fifth Edition is the first uh, role-playing game that I ever played or DMed mm -hmm. for. Um, I think I was making stuff way too involved um, and way too complicated. And I thought, oh, well, this is easy. They will pick this up in no time. But they are not in my head. Um, mm -hmm. And it's very difficult for, um, uh, for a player to pick up something um, that's subtle or that doesn't have a lot of clues. And um, it's, it's not fun, to be honest. It's just not fun um, to... Uh, basically navigate the weird um, labyrinth that is the mind of your DM. Yeah. Um, it might be enjoyable to write these kinds of stories as a DM, but it's not enjoyable for the players to go through it. Yeah. And um, this yeah, was a process of learning. <laughs> No, I was gonna say, I, feel, I think like to sort of latch onto that is like, I think, yeah, that's, it's, it's kind of like, it's a shortcoming I know of me as a, as a writer is the fact that I, I, I can write mysteries quite well in the fact that, you know, a series of clues and that build to a bigger picture. Um, that's kind mm -hmm. of, um, I can't for the life of me write puzzles. I like, I, it, pu pu puzzle, pu like I, I, it's, it's really hard to get that, that a puzzle right because like if, if you put a riddle, chances are someone already knows it or it's like so yeah. obtuse that nobody can work out. Um, but yeah. I, I think, what is it? I think, actually, you know what, actually, I'm, I'm saying that I'm not very good at riddles as I'm sort of coming up with a solution of something that I know. So the idea <laughs> that, the idea that it, you, you're not always like, it's for a puzzle, you're not puzzling your players, you're puzzling their characters. Yeah, they they should always be able to you know say well okay my my character is like a a three hundred year old elf wizard, you know just mm -hmm. by the doing like an intelligence check, they should be able to sort of deduce the sort of the parts rather than you know it, a puzzle sort of immediately halting progress just because the people running them can't. Yeah, that's I think you put your finger right on it, um, because what what are what are you testing with a puzzle or with a riddle in particular with a riddle you are testing your players. Mm. But that's not who you should be testing in a way. I mean, of course, the players are the people sitting at the table, um, but it will be incongruous for them. Um, like, for example, let's say you have um, Grunt, the big half-orc barbarian with intelligence score of eight, <laughs> and you put out a riddle. Nobody on the table figures it out. Um, no, none of the players is able to figure it out. But the player of Grunt knows the riddle. Yeah. So um, are they now supposed to jump in or are they supposed to play the character and be like oh i have no idea about this yeah. uh, riddles and puzzles i i don't know no. i feel like you're always setting yourself up for failure one way or another yeah no in fact, you know it's hard to sort of like that but thankfully again like you only really come across like puddles and riddles in like i know some liches like a lich's doom or like you know some sort of like ancient um uh Please. they're not they're not uh, like again they're not on every corner of like water deep thankfully yeah, that's <laughs> true yeah um and so, i mean i i'm like a little bit um yeah talking down on riddles and puzzles like that at the moment i think that's mainly because i as a player hate riddles and puzzles <laughs> so <yeah. laughs> take, I, 
think my yeah, opinion I mean, on this was a grain of salt. <laughs> I, say, I, I think everything is going to kind of sort of be painted by your individual experience and kind of what you enjoy yeah. at the table. Um, and okay. it's, yeah, it's kind of like that kind of leads into your adventure writing. It just, it just does the, like you kind of write the sort of adventures you, you, you like. I mean, um, yeah, I, for sure. I, I could try and write like, you know, just a, a puzzle riddled adventure, but I probably would have less hair than I have now. Yeah, and I would grow even more gray hairs than I already. <laughs> like, maybe was it? We should we should team up, and then by the end of it, like we just like <laughs> we can see the physical aging effects of writing a, a puzzle, yeah. a puzzle adventure. <laughs> We can no, 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 like, and and you kind of you kind of like yeah touched on like all the big points of like um of of like you know what's important in an adventure um and you know what the what's what's the focus you know how do you make the play, the players the driving force of action um you know how do you make sure they have the right information they need uh, or how how do you make the characters they interact with you know likable um and yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's good. I, yeah, this, this has been good. I've, I've liked this one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, was say, I, I, I like talking about it. I mean, I'm probably going on and on and on, but it's like my the thing that I enjoy most in writing is adventure writing. So I, I guess, I guess as well. So to sort of like, I, so I know I said that, that question was putting a ribbon on things, but to open the present again to stick with this yeah, metaphor. Sure. Um, <laughs> is it what? What are like some some like really interesting like adventure writing? tips i guess like you know what, what kind of like what, 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 what if if someone was to write their first adventure what what was something that you would kind of say to them hmm. um if they're writing their first adventure i would say um be linear um a lot of people say oh railroading it's so terrible you have to give your players choices but um at the beginning it's easier to just go straight go in a straight line and if you make every step of the straight line interesting, every little station where your players stop on your railroad, they are still going to enjoy that, especially for like a one shot, which you most of the time have to railroad at least a little bit. Um, and I would just say, make a really decent station by station by station short story maybe like three important stations mm -hmm. which your players pass through make each of them really fleshed out really interesting know exactly what is in each of these little stations it doesn't have to be a lot there it can be one npc or it can be one creature or um, it can be one puzzle if you are into puzzles <laughs> yeah um and that's your adventure just make three stations linearly connected your players have to go through them each of them is unique in its own way and just flesh them out know exactly what is going to be there when your players arrive there mm -hmm. um, and this is the easiest to prepare like this is kind of um, what i did with um wolpertinger were very well um the first adventure that i put on the m skill it's super linear it's um three interactions three stations um, it's literally a linear dungeon where you go from the entrance to the end. Yeah. And still people seem to enjoy that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Railroading there, there, is I like, there, there is like a such thing as like choice paralysis. As a fact. Yep. You, you, you can throw too much at the players. And, so like, and nine times out of ten, yeah, just like, okay, there's a door on the other end. Um, and I, the important thing as well is like the door is unlocked and slightly open already. 
So you don't you yeah. don't have you don't have the moment of like all players st- staring at a locked door going, okay, well let's <laughs> let's let's get out the ten foot pole. Let's 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 <laughs> let's, let's 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 don't touch the door. Don't we'll listen yep. from here. You know, it's, <laughs> yep. it's funny that you bring up a door because um there is literally a subheading in Wolpettinger very well, which is called the door. <laughs> there's to the last section of the adventure, there's a door which just has a round opening and no handle. And just this giving them a door, a round opening, which is big enough to fit a hand through and no handle on the outside. Players go nuts about this. Kind oh, of yeah, no, I was going to say, yeah. any, <laughs> any, any sort of room that is like, has like something in the center of it that is unmoving and is an object or something. Yes, it must be something. <laughs> there must be something about it. <laughs> Here's the thing. So one of the things I kind of want to write is like a meta adventure. Where it's just like the, the, I think I mentioned this before, the idea that a player's walk into a room and there's a goblin in the middle of the room, but the goblin has the stats of a dragon. <laughs> and, and like, yep. it, it like a, a series of rooms like that. So like, again, you walk in and there's a chair in the middle of the room. The chair uh-huh. is sli- like slightly, slightly tilted to one thing. And that chair room yep. appears like five different times. And each room, like each time the chair is slightly different. Like one time it's a mimic, one time it's the key. <laughs> like one time the chair is uh-huh. like, like... I don't know, I think that you could just have like an absolute giggle with just like... I think you could have a lot of fun with that. Actually, I think the ideal group to run this with would be a group of DMs. It would be, yeah. Because I think they would really enjoy and appreciate the meta level of this. Yeah. Here's the thing, I, I, it's trying to think of like a, a tactful way to... Um, I think my, it, it feels very sort of, um, you know, the Rick and Morty adventure. It's 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 along it's it's along that that sort of scale or like that sort of inspiration. Um, it's it, it that's, sort of, that's that's one of the things that's in my mm-hmm. word document of things I want to do. Um, I'll get to it. I get to it one day. Um, <laughs> Actually, I have something. It's not quite like that, but going in this meta direction quite a bit. I have an adventure which is um, in my pipeline. It's already play tested and just need to sit down and actually write it down in an understandable way it's yeah. coming at some point <laughs> and uh, so uh, not to to uh, like dig too deep but what's what's kind of kind of the like the, the premise um well i don't know if i can say the oh, premise no. because the premise is already uh, it gives gives way too much yeah, so, I, I don't again, know i don't, don't um, spoil it i, I <laughs> can say it's i can say it's very meta um, it, it, the premise already would give away too much, I think. <laughs> so I, I want to. I, oh, well, that's maybe a little bit pretentious. I mean, the premise is not like whoa, this yeah. incredible thing that's never been done before. But um, I, I'll kind of want to preserve the shock value of it. Yeah. No. Okay. So it's 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 the case of like, well, I guess I guess you need to watch, you know, follow you on Twitter to find out when when this when this goes goes like. <laughs> <laughs> it's just um, a devious plot of self-promotion at this point. With <laughs> well, I, information. <laughs> I'm interested in meta stuff, so you 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 got one person right here. <laughs> so to 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 sort of bring this looking towards the future and the community as a whole, then um, mm-hmm. do you have any sort of like particular like dream projects or things that like you have on your to-do list but are like way off in the future? Yeah. Um, a lot. <laughs> um, I'm. 
I have a folder with just project ideas and basically almost all of them are dream projects, like several dozen of them. <laughs> but um, if you're thinking about like community-based stuff um, in particular, um, there's one thing that I would really like to do. Um, we uh, touched, I think, a little bit upon it when we were talking about NPCs mm -hmm. um, and then like getting across the story of an NPC, getting across an NPC's intentions or... Um, things that are really important to their backstory or that inform how their character behaves. Mm -hmm. um, like um, I can write something into the backstory of the character, but then how do I actually play this out? How do I actually transport this to my players? Um, and what I would really like to do is um, a sort of little guidebook um, where you have people um, who are very affected by certain um, like um, certain traits um, which tend to marginalize people. Let's say, for example, um, people who suffer from anxiety or um, people who suffer from PTSD. Mm -hmm. um, quite often characters like this um, appear in adventures, also in Wizards of the Coast adventures, in our DM skilled adventures. But quite often it's just written there, okay, this character has gone through this in their past or is dealing with this. Mm -hmm. How do I transport this to my players? How do I act this out? Um, I have some stuff that I struggle myself with mm -hmm. um, where I know very well um, what the challenges are and I know very well how it informs my behavior, mm -hmm. but I don't know this for like every potential trait um, that is out there or for every potential experience um, mm -hmm. that people, especially marginalized people, go through. Um, so I would really like to start up a project where you get people from each potentially um, marginalized um, trait or group that appear in a game of D&D and have them tell you how to transport this, how to not make it cliche, mm -hmm. how to um, not basically fall to the stereotypes which you sometimes associate with certain stuff but to actually tell you um, this is how this trait informs the behavior of this character or should inform the behavior of this character. So it's in, a sort of like both a, a DM tool and a player tool because it's just... Yeah, in a way. Um, in a way. I, I saw it um, originally mostly like as a DM tool, but of course would also be a great player tool um, to tell people, well, if you want to play a character who, um, for example... Um, suffered from depression in their past or has currently anxiety um, issues or something and you haven't suffered from this yourself um, maybe it would be good to get some information from somebody who has gone mm -hmm. through these things and can tell you more about them um, and I feel like this is something that's really lacking I mean, it's cool that we have more and more representation. We have um, trans characters written into official adventures, um, uh, homosexual characters, um, but we don't really get a lot of tools um, to, to help DMs really represent these characters yeah. in, a, in a good way. Mm -hmm. uh, most people are just left to their own devices and most people, if they pick it up at all, many people will be intimidated and like, I don't know how to properly represent this experience of this character. Um, so they just won't 
do it yeah. or will default to some sort of stereotype. And it's cool that we have this representation, absolutely awesome. But um, I think we need more help to actually get this to the table, to take it from the book, from the written word and get mm -hmm. it to the table. At least I feel like this quite often. Quite often, I really, I don't know, am I doing this character actually justice mm -hmm. in the way that I present them? Um, no, I'm, and so, again, yeah, this is it, something that I've been churning around in my mind for a couple of months now. And it's, it's this thing. is something it, that I really it, like it, to do. It sounds like a, a, a well, it is like a fascinating project. And I, 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 again, I can't imagine the, the inherent difficulties of approaching a project like that. Um, but no, I, again, it's, 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 it's fascinating. I, I only, yeah, I, 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 it's something that I, I would be excited to sort of see. And especially, yeah, I, I can only imagine that you'd, you'd tackle it um, gracefully <laughs> as like a, you know, as, as, as the project sort of deserves. I hope so. Um, no, it's, no, it's, yeah. I and mean, and I think one I of the reason. <laughs> sorry. Uh, sorry, I was um, just wanted to say this is one of the reasons that I've been pushing it ahead of myself because it's going to be difficult to approach. But mm -hmm. yeah, I think ultimately somebody should approach it. And now that I've said it out loud, probably I should just start and approach it. <laughs> no, and it's the sort of thing that, as you mentioned, lends itself to the uh, community and a sort of collaboration to you know, make sure that people's voices, you know, um, yes. I mean, for this, you need collaborations. I mean, I cannot write the perspective of um, a character who went through things that I have never gone through, mm -hmm. um, especially um, when they, I mean, especially when they touch upon real world um, mm -hmm. issues of marginalization and, um, uh, yeah. yeah. I can, of course, and I do all the time, put myself into the shoes of, different people that's mm -hmm. what role-playing is all about right i mean all of us do that all the time mm -hmm. but um, if you're touching something that is a sensitive issue for people in the real world um, it, i would love to have a guide to just take me by the hand and assist me a little bit in this and yeah, no, for I, this I, you yeah. need yeah yeah no i, I get it yeah I, yeah I, yeah yeah no I, I, it's the case of like it's like i i yeah I, it's Sorry, I'm speechless. I don't really know what to, what to, to, to in, in terms of like, you know, that it's, again, it's, it's a, a interesting project that sort of hits that niche and I can sort of see why, yeah, it's, it's sort of like a, a dream project to, to sort of eventually bring to, bring to reality. Um, again, and then, well, I suppose, I guess to sort of um, keep it talking about the community then, um, is there anyone in the DMs Guild community or like any, any people in the DMs Guild community that sort of continue inspires you? Mm. This is the question that I was dreading most <laughs> because um, there's just too many to list and I don't know which ones to pick. <laughs> I mean, frankly, like everyone that I've ever interacted with on the guild in any sort of detail or whose um, products I've um, used and looked at is in different ways just incredibly inspiring and outstanding in the stuff that they do and how they do it. Um, so I'm just going to pick some names which recently like were in the forefront of my mind because mm -hmm. either I've been using these people's products or working with these people. Um, for example, Kat Evans. Um, she is just an incredible professional. Um, I have worked with her in a couple of projects and um, I, 
I don't know if I've ever come across somebody who is more professional and um, easier to disagree with than her. Um, yeah. We had a lot of like um, discrepancies in our opinions about stuff, but it's you always arrive at a reasonable um, outcome mm -hmm. with her. You always find find a common ground, and that's not easy. I mean, this really needs a special kind of person. And um, just completely apart from that, of course, she is an outstanding writer, um, just incredibly professional. Um, who else could I mention? Alicia Furness, um, for example. Um, she has done sensitivity reading for one of my adventures, which mm -hmm. was just uh, an incredible experience. Um, she has, I think, done more for teaching me how to be a better writer than any sort of workshop or um, other sort of thing that I've ever done in this direction, yeah. just by how how well she brings across um, the um, the mindset of um, of how an NPC would act with a certain trait, for example. Um, yeah, so. I don't know. I, I could really go on. Like yeah. Oliver Clegg, we mentioned at some point, his mm -hmm. stuff is just incredibly creative and he's pushing the envelope with every project that he's doing. Yeah. I'm continuously amazed by everything he puts out. Uh, it's This question is really... I think, in fairness, like, so this is the question where I think people realize that I'm actually a fiend. And I'm actually like, <laughs> like this, I invite people, you know, it's all laughs and smiles. And then I just jab them with an evil question. <laughs> no, I mean, the question itself is not evil. It's just the problem is um, it's the most difficult question to do justice because this mm -hmm. is something where you can't just like give one answer and say, oh, yeah, this yeah. particular person is amazing. They are all amazing. We're, 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 <laughs> we're, we're very fortunate within, at least in, you know, the, yeah, the, the tabletop RPG space to be, you know, surrounded by so many amazing, creative, talented, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah. The community is absolutely outstanding. It's the, um, the DM skilled writer community or creator community. Mm -hmm. um, we should add the artists and the editors and everyone. Yeah. Uh, it's like the most outstanding and friendly and just reasonable and good community that I've ever experienced. It's just fantastic. Yeah. No, no, it's yeah, yeah. difficult to do them all justice. No, yeah, no, 100%. We'd need I, our own podcast just for <laughs> this I, I mentioned it, I mentioned this a few times that, yeah, when it comes to Christmas, I might just have to do like a Christmas thanks episode where I just read out names for an hour. <laughs> and even then, even then, I don't yeah. think I'd get everyone. But looking at the time, I think we're, we're pretty much coming to the, uh, all the time we have. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to merge cram my two questions, like my two last questions together. I'm sorry. Um, could you repeat that again? Oh, sorry. Uh, I was saying that, um, I'll, I'll, I'll wait, see, see if, uh, see if we have movement from the connection. Am I good? Can you hear me? Okay. Now you're back. Now I can hear you. Again. Nice. Um, I was gonna say, I'm going to kind of, kind of merge the last two questions together, um, and say, you know, what are you currently working on that you're, 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 you're not, you're free to chat about and where can people hear about it? Yep. <laughs> yes. Um, so the easiest way to hear about my stuff is to just follow me on Twitter at um, Sven Writes. Um, 
And currently I'm finishing up two projects. Um, one is a rule supplement, which I have never done before so far. Um, so this is something new for me. And um, it's a supplement which is very silly, sillyly um, uh, entitled Yeet. And it's a supplement about throwing rules, just rules for throwing objects, characters, it has magic items, it has mechanics, it has subclasses, feats. So yeah, that's a very unusual project for me, but it was fun to do it. Um, and also I'm finishing up um, an adventure at the moment. And there's not much I want to say about it because again, kind of keep the mystery a little mm -hmm. bit, but I can tell you it has um, mind flayers and Ooh. it has GIF these um, space hippos yeah and it might have some sort of time travel so Ooh. if that excites you then this might be a cool adventure no also, again I I, 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 I I you always have to get what is it uh, tip your hat to like people who can can hold hold a secret and to be like I oh, know I'm not gonna spoil anything just yet <laughs> because, because me I just I, I cut, I'm a bit of a blabber um, but I'm a huge fan of the concept of yeet Ye um, <laughs> as a word has has like invaded my vocabulary for a long time now, um, and I'm very excited to actually like uh, start throwing yeah. th throwing things, throwing people, um, mostly halflings and gnomes. They feel mm -hmm. like you know they're very yeetable. <laughs> also, <laughs> true, uh, true, true. I was, I was going to mention uh, your your was it on Twitter? You are at Sam Rights. I'm I'm at Whitby Rights. It's you know it's it's easy. Yeah. It's, it's your name. It's what yeah, you do. Same idea. Yeah. <laughs> and you have um, the added benefit of the alliteration. Yeah, I, I, I've got to thank my parents for that one. So I, I can't take too much credit for that one. <laughs> so um, again, so Sven, thank you so much for taking this time. This has been this has been uh, I've, I've really again any chance to sort of blab about adventures. Um, and then, you know, there's the act of writing, not to <laughs> undermine any of the other guests that I've had on. Um, but no, this, is, this has been super insightful again. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. so, so what I will say is, um, uh, I will say my standards. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Matthew Whitby. You can find me at, at Whitby Writes um, and all that sort of good stuff. Um, very last question then. Um, how, how do you end a podcast? <laughs> um, I guess the most awkward way that we could think of oh. awkwardness is how I usually do stuff in my life so <laughs> I don't know maybe just try to sign off at the same time thank each other at the same time or just an awkward silence I don't um, know. We, yeah, dude, let's, let's, get, let's, let's both of us end the podcast at the same time so okay. I, I, I will count us in and then okay. you know what's even going to be better is because there's a slight, in, like, <laughs> slight internet delay it's just going to be <laughs> sure. So okay. super awkward. <laughs> so uh, start start saying goodbye in in three, two, one. Thank thank you thank you thank so you. much for um, listening. Oh, you ever wanted to go? You, you are sorry. You, uh, you go. Yeah, thank you. Thank, yeah, you, thank you, everyone. You. Sorry, I'll uh, let you go. Oh, no, now we are doing it. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Um, uh, goodbye.